Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is Episode 8 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today addresses the critical importance of beneficial ownership to compliance. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, a podcast focused on the legal and compliance industry. Our podcast is sponsored by Bureau Van Dyke. I've been working with Bureau Van Dyke for several years. BVD helps businesses address the challenge of collecting beneficial ownership information for due diligence and third-party risk management. BVD helps companies build due diligence programs to reduce reliance on manual processes and integrate technology into internal due diligence systems with the added feature of beneficial ownership data. Go to bvdinfo.com for more information on how BVD can help you build an effective due diligence program and third-party risk management system. In this episode, I'm addressing a critical important issue that cuts across compliance, beneficial ownership. Whether you're focusing on anti-corruption, sanctions, anti-money laundering, or other issues where reputational interests may arise, a company needs to know with whom it is dealing. In this day and age of shell companies, disguised ownership interests, and other mechanisms used to evade disclosure of beneficial owners, corporate compliance professionals have to dig into this issue and ensure that they know with whom their company is dealing. Let's start with the term beneficial ownership itself. What does it mean? In short, the beneficial owner is the natural legal person who owns that entity. In other words, Company A, which owns Company B, is not the beneficial owner of Company B. You have to dig deeper to see who owns Company A and keep digging until you find the natural legal person who owns the company. The beneficial ownership issue has significant implications for anti-corruption and sanctions compliance. Let's consider first the area of anti-corruption compliance, and in particular, due diligence of a third party. Your company is considering retaining Distributor A to sell your products in Russia. In response to your questionnaire, Distributor A discloses its owners as Russia 1 Inc. and Russia 2 Inc. You need to obtain the beneficial ownership information for both Russia 1 and Russia 2. The danger is that if a government official owns a portion of equity in Russia 1 or Russia 2, such equitable interest could be construed as a bribe to the foreign official especially if the foreign official is involved or supervises government functions that have a direct and immediate impact on your business. This is precisely the scenario that occurred when Cobalt Energy subsequently found out that Manuel Vicente, the head of Sonangal, Angola's state-owned oil and gas enterprise, owned 10% of a partner in an oil exploration joint venture. In the FCPA context, due diligence requires identification of every beneficial owner to ensure that there are no hidden foreign government interests or owners. This strict requirement only applies to third parties, agents, distributors, consultants, vendors, suppliers, lobbyists who act critically on behalf of your company. That's the key concept, on behalf of your company. Now let's consider the situation where beneficial ownership information is required to ensure sanctions compliance. The Treasury Department's Office of Foreign Asset Control maintains two significant lists, 
the Specially Designated Nationals, or SDN list, and the Sectoral Sanctions list, SSI list, which is only uh, present in the Russia and Venezuela sanctions programs. Compliance officers have a responsibility to ensure that all third parties, business associates, and customers, and that's the key part with sanctions, customers are included, do not include any prohibited SDN or restricted SSI entity or person. The difficulty here lies in the fact that SDNs and SSI entities and individuals attempt to disguise their ownership interests to avoid identification under the sanctions program. An additional complication is what is termed the 50% rule under OFAC regulations, meaning that the SDN and SSI prohibition includes entities and individuals that are 50% or more owned by a single or combination of SDN or SSI entities or individuals. So, for example, if Entity A and Entity B are both on the SDN list, and they own respectively 26% of Entity C, then Entity C, while not listed on the SDN list, is a prohibited entity because Entity A and B together own 52% of Entity C. The implications of this, again, are significant, but subject to some numerical limitations. First, you should identify the customers to screen based on a risk-ranking approach. For example, customers in Russia may be screened against the SDN or SSI list. If the customer itself is on the SDN list, then you cannot conduct business with the entity. If the customer itself is on the SSI list, then you are subject to certain restrictions in the way that you can deal with the entity. If 50% or more of the entity is owned by a prohibited SDN entity or SDN entities, then you cannot conduct business with the customer. Second, though, if you're able to identify 51% of the beneficial ownership of the customer and confirm that they are not on the SDN or SSI lists, then you are assured of compliance. However, it is still important to identify the other owners only to monitor the customer for potential ownership changes, meaning that if the SDN owner acquires more than 49% of the entity and crosses the 50% or reaches 50% or crosses the 50% threshold, you would have to terminate the business with the SDN entity. I argue often that obtaining beneficial ownership information from as many entities as possible is a good business and compliance practice. A company should always know who it is dealing with and does not want to discover at a later time that a company includes SDNs and other unsavory characters in its own ownership profile. The companies and people you deal with reflect your company's culture and the expectations you have in the marketplace. The United States regulatory system for financial institutions does not have a strong record when it comes to requiring disclosure of beneficial ownership information. However, that situation changed when FinCEN the, in the Department of Treasury announced new beneficial ownership regulations and delayed implementation and compliance with these regulations until May 11, 2018. The new customer due diligence rules require covered financial institutions, including banks, credit unions, broker-dealers, mutual funds, futures merchants, and a host of other entities, to identify the natural person who own and control legal entities, commonly referred to as beneficial owners. 
The rule imposes a number of requirements with respect to the documentation and identification of owners of legal entity customers. For each customer that opens an account, including existing customers, the financial institution must identify the beneficial owners using a two-prong test, an ownership prong and a control prong. Specifically, the financial institution must identify each individual who owns 25% or more of the equity interests in the legal entity and at least one individual who exercises significant managerial control over the customer. Of course, the same individual may be identified under both prongs. If no individual owns 25% or more of the entity, the financial institution may identify only one person who satisfies the managerial control prong. The financial institution must verify the identity of each beneficial owner. A key component, though, of the new regulations is the ability of a financial institution to rely on the certification regarding the individual status as a beneficial owner. However, the financial institution must obtain personal identifying information about each beneficial owner. This information must be documented and, and preserved in the bank's files. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.volkofflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our new podcast series. You can contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you achieve your goals.